question everything. Welcome all you creeps to murder on the Hey guys, welcome back to Murder on the 420 Express. My name is Lisa. Um, today, Mandy is not here with us. She has left to go on vacation. Yeah, I know. Why did she leave me alone with you guys? I have no idea anyways. But I have a special guest and her name is Anna! Anna. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's great to be back. I'm so excited yes. to talk about serial killers. So you were with us last time and we talked about skinwalkers. Yes! Which, funny thing, the other night I turned on Ghost Adventures and they were talking about Skinwalker Canyon! Are <laughs> <laughs> we talking about the Mormons again? <laughs> Oh, that is in Utah. I'm not going back there. We will not discuss. Oh my goodness. Good times. Good times. Yes. So today's episode is again sponsored by Mantra Theory. Yes, because, you know, I do that shit and I'm going to sponsor my own shit on my other shit. Amen. <laughs> so um, I actually pulled up the website so I can tell you a little bit more about it instead of rambling off on tangents because one I was too high at the time two um <clears throat> I'm an uneducated swine let's just put it that way like, I don't know any other <laughs> anyway so mantra theory oils start with minimal all plant ingredients and no filler ingredients that dilute the benefits we send our oils to third party lab testing to 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 state-of-the-art facilities that check for purities and potency. Our oil is a solvent-free pure extract that is CO2-pressed and made from industrial hemp plants grown in the finest United States farms. This uh, cannabinoid, CBD, is a constitute naturally occurring in the hemp plant. In hemp plants, I think in the hemp plant are... Just one up. I'm not the best at English, guys. I'm sorry. Um, is a constitute naturally occurring in the hemp plant are just one of over 85 cannabinoids identified in the cannabis plant. So is this mantra theory um, like a U.S. company, essentially? Like we yeah. grow it here in the U.S. and then it's, it's processed here. here in the U.S. And oh, it's so that's out. even... Yeah, and it's shipped out from Simi <coughs> Valley, California. That's actually really cool. So you're not just part of, you know... A family business? Yes, because my cousin is the yes. CEO. <laughs> well, that too, but you're you're thinking of it globally. You're not buying something that's been made and pre-packaged and one-off from, like, China. No. You're literally helping out the economy within our own country and that's really powerful too mm -hmm. so i think that's cool what's also really cool about it too is where was i going with that 
Well, you had it's mentioned in the U.S. You mentioned you can literally use it in different forms too. Oh yeah, um, that's not where I was going with that. I lost where I was going with oh. that. <laughs> but yeah, so I post on Instagram different ways to incorporate CBD like as a daily supplement, like just like you would like protein powder or um, <clears throat> like your greens, your mm-hmm. vitamins and your min- minerals. We have a um, cannabinoid system in in our nervous system and if you have a endocannabinoid deficiency it really shows in your imbalance of hormones um your inflammation of your joints your digestive system um it also will show in um i said hormone imbalance the inflammation there was I smoke too much weed. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Either way. Overall, if you have a deficiency in it, you obviously, I mean, not many people would know. This is, like, a brand new thing that's, like, coming about. But since I take it daily, I do recognize a significant difference on the days that I do take it and then on the days that I forget to take it. Okay. So, you know, I have, like really bad like indigestion problems sometimes Mm -hmm. depending on the food that I eat so in taking CBD daily I've noticed that it like definitely helps like the pain problems Mm -hmm. I have been so by the way I made my bone broth and I for sure the only thing I forgot to do was put salt (laughs) did you season it I did it's like smelled bomb uh, but when I tasted it, it literally was lacking salt. That was, like, the only thing that I did not put in as seasonings. So it'll be something, like, I need to, like, add in. But that, even today, and then with the kombucha, with the probiotics, my tummy feels so much better. And being Mexican and living with a traditional Mexican, you can only imagine how shitty we eat in greasy foods. Really? Because, like, I feel like you would eat way healthier but i guess no no Mm -mm. no you eat meat literally with every meal and whereas like before um i ate a lot of more salads more greens more fish and that definitely like is not something you do living with a mexican (laughs) so our hot chocolate is here I really don't want to spill this on my Did you put Bailey's in this, too? Oh no, I did not. You need a, you need a double. Yeah, can you bring over us a little plate? Oh, my God. Speaking of traditional Mexican. This um, is traditional Mexican hot chocolate. This is traditional <laughs> Mexican. I'm getting treated tonight, guys. And conchas. So, oh. this is even better. And not you're buying it Oh, you brought the Bailey's. I'll do that for you. Oh my god. You're the best. Can you bring over our conchas too? Oh my god. So now that we have our Baileys and our hot chocolate, so patiently waiting (laughs) on our conchas, um, are you ready to talk about serial killer number three? I am actually extremely excited to talk about who we're talking about today. Eileen Warnos. Yes, I have been doing nothing but watching a lot of her interviews and doing my research. Oh, yeah. And 
What did you find in your research? I'm curious. Um, I feel like perhaps she got her biological father schizophrenia. Oh, <laughs> look at you coming did, up with some theories. I really think that something could have happened. Um, I mean, schizophrenia is like a hereditary disease. Yes. Um, and it manifests differently, I feel like, for each individual, you know. Yes. And this one, she is wild. Mm-hmm. Well, she also has a very tragic past, which I feel does um, add to it. It does add to it. So, um, if you guys aren't familiar with Eileen Warnos, um, maybe you guys have seen the Hollywood film Monster with Charlize Theron and Christina fucking Ritchie. Yes, the girl that plays Wednesday. Yeah. That's, like, the first thing that, you like, You think Caesar, about? She's just like, isn't that the girl who plays, like, in the Addams Family? I believe her name is Wednesday. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, she grew up. And I was like, well, that movie was, like, printed out, like, so long ago. Mm-hmm. So, in 2002, the state of Florida executed the 10th woman to receive the death penalty in the United States since... 19 since the 1976 reinstatement of capital punishment Whoa. the woman's name was eileen warnos she was a the 10th woman mm-hmm. very symbolic a former prostitute who killed seven men she picked up while working the highways of of the state florida in florida mm-hmm. state in 1989 to 1990 so this see to me because we're 90s babies, to me, that doesn't seem that far away. I was like, oh my god, that was just the 90s. But then, like, when you think about it, you're like, how old are you? We're freaking 25. Like, that was some distance ago. (laughs) (laughs) Some distance ago. (laughs) Some distance ago. Well, Eileen Warnos found prostitution early in life, trading sexual favors at her elementary school for cigarettes and other treats at age 11. Of course, she didn't just pick up the habit on her own. Warnos's father was a convicted sex offender, was out of the picture before she was born, and ended up hanging himself in his prison cell when she was only 13 years old. Her mother, a Finnish immigrant, had already abandoned her by that point, leaving her in the care of her paternal grandparents. Less than a year after her father committed suicide, Warnos's grandmother died of liver failure, Meanwhile, her grandfather had been, according to her later account, beating and raping her for several years. Yep. Isn't that crazy tragic? And she was such a pretty girl. She was. She had the potential to be just a beautiful woman. Just absolutely stunning. When I look at her pictures, um, in her first marriage to that Mm -hmm. 76-year-old, Where she later killed him with his own walking stick. Um, Or she beat him. And then what did he do? Get a restraining order. Yeah. Um, Which is actually coming up here in her timeline. Yes. She's beautiful. And I feel like her life tragedy is just that. A tragedy. Like it could have been so different. So, when Warnos was 15 years old, she dropped out of school to have her grandfather's friend's baby at a home for unwed mothers. However, after having the child, she and her grandfather finally had it out 
in a domestic incident, and Warnos was left to live in the woods outside of Troy, Michigan. And then she gave up her son for adoption and, and, got, on, and got by on prostitution and petty theft. Yes, so going into a little bit more... I have a couple of theories. One, later to find out who the biological father was of the, um, like, the, the child that she gave yes, up for adoption. you have that info. Yes. Spill the tea. So, it is their local sheriff, their police chiefs, like, the old man, police chief. Mm-hmm. That was their, like, his child. And I really believe, perhaps... The grandfather who had already started to sexually abuse her and rape her. I feel like he possibly could have, like, sold her to him a couple of times and kept it hush-hush. To make money? Yeah. I mean, why would you not? That's another form of prostitution. And if it's something that she's used to at that point, it's not... I wouldn't say that it's, like, a complete... The theoretical point to throw out the window because it doesn't have any credibility. I think it has potential for credibility. And I'm really curious as to who this young baby boy is. I want to know if he grew up to also be schizophrenic and just like his mother. I wonder if that's public record. Probably not. Probably not because it's like sealed, you know? Yeah. Alright, so, at the age of 20, Warnos tried to escape her life by hitchhiking to Florida and marrying a 69-year-old man named Louis Fell. Fell was a successful businessman who had settled into semi-retirement as the president of a yacht club. Mm. Warnos moved in with him and immediately started getting into trouble with local law enforcement. She frequently left uh, left the home she shared with Fell to carouse in a local bar where she often got into fights. She also abused Fell, who later claimed she had beat him with his own cane. Eventually, her elderly husband got a restraining order against her, forcing her to move back to Michigan and file, um, to go back to Michigan to file for an annulment after just nine weeks of marriage. (laughs) Jesus. Um, I don't know if anybody can relate, but we're going to quote Jeffree Star here and be like, can't relate. Can't relate to that. I mean, he was older, which would explain why she was probably much more comfortable. It's like Anna Nicole. Yeah. But different. (laughs) Definitely different. I definitely. That's just nine weeks of marriage. I I know. Around this time, Warnos' brother, with whom she had had an an incestual relationship with, suddenly died of esophageal cancer. She collected $10,000 from his life insurance policy. Um, She used that money to cover a fine for a DUI, bought a luxury car, and then crashed it while driving under the influence. Are you serious right now? Dead serious. <laughs> when the money ran out, Warnos returned to Florida and started getting arrested for theft again. She briefly did time for an armed robbery in which she stole $35 and some cigarettes. 
Working as a prostitute again, Warnos was arrested in 1986 when one of her customers told police she had pulled a gun on him in the car and demanded money. In 1987, she moved in with a hotel maid named Tara Moore. Dun, dun, dun. A woman who would become her lover and P.I.C. Partner in crime, if anybody's wondering what that means. I know what it means, and half the time I have to ask what it means because I'm like, I don't, I don't relate. But, and then it's said, and then I do. Anyways, moving on. Um, Warnos told conflicting stories about her murders. Sometimes she claimed to have been the victim of rape and te- or attempted rape with every single one of the men she killed. At other times, she did admit she was trying to rob them. Depending on who you were, who she was talking to, depended on her story. Uh, that I can attest to. Watching her. testimonies and her my leg shook on that one (laughs) I went to reach for the Baileys and my leg was like you can do it (laughs) it's a workout getting your your alcoholic on I, I told myself after Thanksgiving, no more alcohol. You're going to cleanse yourself so you can work on your intuitive tarot card reading. Which, by the way, I'm getting pretty good at. I'm really proud of you. But, um... Anyways. I don't even know what I was saying. I had something to do with her story and why it changed. Oh, yes. I literally watched... So, there's, like, on YouTube... There's, like, videos and clips of her, like, talking about what she did and what she didn't do. And then one of them, she literally looks like she just, like, switched. Snapped. Yeah, I was like, what? She smiled. Really devilish, like, like, pretty creepy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, it wasn't self-defense. And then realized that she was smiling and then quickly covered it. With sadness. And then she goes on to talk about her lover. Mm-hmm. And the the news reporter asks, did she know about everything? She's like, yeah, she knew everything. She knew everything before I even did it. She Isn't knew that crazy? all of it. And they're like, and then you see like a, a questionnaire, like a, an interview with one of the victim families. And they're like telling the news reporter, like she could have, she could have stopped it. She could have intervened. See, this is why I'm a little curious, because Tara was never charged with um, conspiracy uh-uh. or, what is that other one? The one where they, like, get you for tagging along. <sighs> Accomplice. Thank you. <laughs> she was never... <clears throat> She was never charged with anything. No. And I think the reason why she was never charged with anything is because without her, we wouldn't have gotten a confession. No, absolutely not. And I think they would just have to go off of evidence, which would have made it harder. She could have possibly gotten off. You never know what could have happened. I was just talking to Sean about this, too. It's different. Like, we live in a in a world where there's multiple realities. 
there's multiple realities that can be created. It just depends on the decision that you make as to what makes that a reality. So continuing on, her first victim, Richard Mallory, actually was a convicted rapist. He was 51 years old and had finished his prison term Um, prison term years early when he met warnos in november of 1989 he was running an electronics store in clearwater warnos shot him several times and dumped him in the woods before ditching his car that one i truly believe was self-defense in all the documentaries that i have watched and all the interviews like she's literally my favorite serial killer for the sole purpose that her it was inevitable for her. It was going to happen. It was in her. It was in her cards. Like yeah, it was either that or she would have committed suicide early on. Which I have a funny theory on, but we'll get to that later. Um, on July thirtieth, nineteen ninety, sixty-five-year-old Peter Sims seems disappeared on a drive from florida to arkansas witnesses later claimed to have seen two women matching more in warnos's descriptions driving his vehicle warnos's fingerprints were later recovered from the car and from several of uh, seems pic- personal effects had turned up in local pawn shops warnos and more went on to kill three more men before eileen was picked up on a warrant after yet another fight in a biker bar in Bulisa, Bulisa County, Florida. Moore had left her by this time, returning to Pennsylvania, where police apprehended her the day after Eileen Warnos was booked. Hmm. It didn't take long for Moore to flip on Warnos, though. In the days immediately following her arrest, Moore was back in Florida, staying at a motel that the police had rented for her. There, she made calls to Warnos in an attempt to elicit a confession that could be used against her. In these calls, Moore acted up a storm, pretending to be frightened by the police. Frightened that the police would pin all of the blame of the murders on her. She begged Eileen to go over the story with her again step by step in order to get the story straight after four days of repeated phone calls warnos confessed to to several of the murders but insisted over the phone that the killings Moore hadn't known about were all attempted rapes authorities now had what they needed to arrest eileen warnos for murder what a hooker no pun intended (laughs) you know i've been saying that a lot lately No pun intended. I mean, can you imagine being turned in by the one person that That you believe to protect you? Especially with her past, with her history, with how she grew up. Like, the one person she thought that would never, ever turn on her turned her back on her. her did her dirty but i think that goes to show you you literally can't trust anyone not even the one person that you think you can but then that goes to also begs the question of what are you willing to trust them with your killings i asked these i was like if i ever go on a killing spree would you help me hide the bodies he's like yeah but you're not allowed to do the killings because i'll do i'll take care of it for you I was like, oh my god, look uh, at you! 
I'm gonna wipe your ass up. <laughs> Get you a man that'll kill for but you. But it does beg the question, like, but it it all it's also true. There's three faces that you have: the one you show the world, the one you show your close ones, and the ones you show nobody. Dun dun dun. So. I would like to say nobody really knows anybody, to be honest. That is true. I barely know myself, and I've been myself for the past 25 and a half years. Well, Warren has had time to get to know herself, because she spent all of 1991 in jail, <laughs> waiting for her trial to start. During that time, Moore was fully cooperating with prosecutors in exchange for full immunity. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. She fucking sold her shit to the police so she could get off, and that is why she was never charged with anything. Can you imagine that? I mean, She's think like, about it. All the police shows that you see out there, just cooperate and you'll fucking get off scotch-free, right? But remember, snitches get stitches. Bitches get stitches, too. I had a mug that said that and it had brass knuckles as the handle. I fucking loved that shit. <laughs> I left it in Portland. Small that was my fault. That, that was my fault. Anyways... So, she and Eileen Warnos often talked by phone, and Warnos knew in general terms that her lover had turned as a witness for the state. If anything, Warnos seemed to welcome it. As rough as life had been for her outside the prison, she seemed to be having a harder time inside. As she sat in confinement, Warnos gradually came to believe that her food was being spat in or otherwise contaminated by bodily fluids. She repeatedly went on hunger strikes as she refused to eat meals prepared with various individuals where, while various individuals were present in the jail's kitchen. Her statements to the court and to her own legal counsel became increasingly unhinged with many reference to jail staff and other inmates she believed were plotting against her. Like many disturbed defendants, she petitioned the court to fire her lawyer and let her represent herself. <laughs> the court actually agreed to this which left her unprepared and unable to cope with the inevitable blizzard of paperwork that seven murder trials involve. So, I mean, if she does have schizophrenia... I'm hoping one of those bitches like, knew how to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm really hope. See, here's the thing. You can have schizophrenia and still be a sane person. You, you can. You totally can. I want everyone who's listening to, I want you to just picture the what the fuck face I just gave Lisa. <laughs> okay. Because when you're thinking of schizophrenia, you are literally, like, the movie Split. That, Patricia no. did that. That's, like, what I think of That's schizophrenia. not schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. Full-blown schizophrenia is just no, like that. It's not it's multiple not. personalities. They're completely two different things. What is? schizophrenia and multi-personality disorder no i feel like schizophrenia is of multiple personalities what is it could be on the spectrum schizophrenia is where you hear things and you see things that aren't there yeah well wouldn't that be like voices yeah right like multiple people like you are of multiple people 
Okay, so schizophrenia is like you're sitting alone in a room and you just hear something and either you start talking along with it like Deadpool does with the voices in his fucking head (laughs) or multi-personality disorder is where you take on that trait. You become a different person and it switches back and forth. From multiple different people. Schizophrenia is where you see and hear things that aren't there to other people. Oh, yeah. It's thought disorder, delusion, amnesia, belief that an ordinary event has a special and personal meaning, belief that thoughts aren't one's own, disorientation, memory loss, and mental confusion, slowness in activity, or false belief of superiority. So, if she indeed... See, this is why I say this, is because... I was actually in a facility for mental health, and I've talked to multiple people who have schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And for them, it's just like, in order to get it to stop, they had to do what they did to get in there. And then once they realized what they had, like, can you imagine being in jail, not getting the proper care that you need when you have schizophrenia? Let alone, you don't even know what spectrum you, or where you lie on the spectrum with it. Right. So, with her, she, she's thinking she is completely sane. She is thinking that these people are purposely plotting against her. Oh, yeah. And with the way that she grew up with not only her mental health, like, I can see why she deteriorated the way that she did. And she did it over a very rapid amount of time. Like, I mean, from 11 to 13, boom, her whole life just changed. Her mother left her. Her dad ended up killing himself. Dad ends up killing himself, hanging for schizophrenia, and I'm sure one of those voices and whatnot told him to rape small children. So, <laughs> true. maybe that was just it. Probably. And what these grandparents that got her, was it maternal or paternal? Paternal. Meaning, there you go, grandfather. Hey, granddaddy. Uh, right there. So, Warnos went on trial for the murder of Richard Mallory on January 16th, 1992, and was convicted two weeks later. The sentence was death around a month after she pleaded no contest to three more murders, for which the sentence was also death. In June of 1992, Warnos pled guilty to the murder of Charles Carscandon, Carscandon and was given yet another death sentence in November for the crime. The gears of death turned slowly in America's capitals. Cases 10 years after being uh, af- after first being sentenced to die, Warnos was still on Florida's death row and degenerating fast. So, this is where um, the documentary that is on Netflix, I forgot what it's called, but it's about a specific person who interviews her that goes back to interview her before she is executed in 2002. And even in that documentary, she says, she's like, I want to get this the fuck on. Like, I want to meet my maker. Like, I'm done being here. Like, can I please just die? Yeah, she everyone was going to rot in hell and that she was going to go and meet God. That she was at peace and that God had forgiven her for the sins that she had committed. And that is why I think in some of the interviews that she did at so close to her execution date, 
is where you see the change and the flip in her in her in stories. Her she started to apologize to the families of the victims. She went on to say that it wasn't rape, that it was it wasn't self defense, that it was just cold blood murder. And then part of me, like I'm just questioning, like, is it really because that you truly believe that this terrible thing didn't happen to you? Or maybe it wasn't really rape. Or maybe really you weren't a victim. Maybe it was cold blood murder. Do you want to go down in history as a... Because she said serial killer. As, like, you could just tell, like, it It was just such an appealing title for her. To be called well, a think serial about it. killer. Think about it. This is the first time she ever got attention from literally anybody in her whole fucking life. That's true, and nothing positive anyway. So and this is still negative. It is still negative, but here's the thing. If you have nothing except your name, and someone's willing to give you a title, mm-hmm. won't you take it, regardless of if it's negative or not? You will go down in history. Either you're in the infamous words of Troy, what was his name, Achilles? In Troy, in the movie, he goes, the little boy tells him, you know, I, I would be so afraid to go fight against that guy. He was really big. And he goes, and what is your name? And he tells him his name, and he goes, and that will be a reason why nobody will ever remember your name in the histories. Because you are that irrelevant. And for this, she got all of this media attention. She is the 10th woman to be executed. And how many serial killers are women? Not very many. I feel like there's more women serial killers than men because I literally think we're more cunning. We're more... <laughs> we're more <laughs> cunning. <laughs> we're, uh, we're a little bit more cautious. We know how to clean. Yeah. Um, we know how to, you know, just slip it in there. Well, most of them are poison. <laughs> most of them, yeah. And this one, she blatantly just shot up people. And in the mm-hmm. movie that they depicted in that one where you're talking about where she, like took the car or whatever, like, I was showing Caesar this, and he, he goes, I feel like I may have seen this movie. I was like, I think I saw... Well, so, in the movie, she's in this, like, he, Caesar's like, I think I may have seen this movie, and I was like, well, you may have... I think I saw this movie after, like, the age of eight, and I was petrified of this movie. Like, it literally... You saw it even or na- Even na- No, me. Me. I am me. <laughs> I have, like, still nightmares. Oh, really? Over this I movie? I have nightmares. So when you asked me to be your co-host <laughs> on, a, like, a special feature, I was like, all right, excited. You tell me who, and I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> because well, the image that comes to mind in that rape scene, um, and it's extremely graphic. graphic. He took a tire... Um, what was it? The tire iron? Tire iron. Thank you. And raped her. The tire iron, literally, as she's being raped with it, it is... Can you imagine that, though? Can you imagine if that... (sighs) Okay, here's the thing. Here's the difference in time, and this is why it's kind of really fucked up. Because... If that shit were to happen today, do you realize the fucking uproar that would happen yes feminists going crazy 
Like, it would be insane. And the worst part is, like, you had... So, in a lot of the interviews, the victim families are stating that, like, during the Hollywood movie... Nobody did their research as in, like, mm-hmm. contacting the victims. And then later finding out from you that on your research, it seems that she had sold her story. She did. To Hollywood. So what she put out there is what they ended up doing. But here's the thing. If she was, if she sold her story to Hollywood, anybody could... Change it? Well, not change it, but anybody could, like, she could have lied. I mean, you have to look at who who you're talking to. Somebody mm-hmm. who is a serial killer, are they really a credible source for what, what they're saying? And even if they are a credible source for what they're saying, if they're actually telling the truth and she sold her story to Hollywood and what Hollywood put out there was legit truth. Can you imagine? The uproar, if that shit were to happen today, is like, this is... It, I'm so conflicted because I'm not saying what she did was right, but at the no. same time, she did become a victim of her circumst- circumstances. Oh my god, yes. I feel like at no point did her but life... what sane human being would. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, no point in her life did it seem like she was going to get her life together. She married an older gentleman that probably reminded her of her previous... Her grandfather. Offenders. And then on top of that, like, giving away her child at such a young age and knowing that it was a product of rape and it was probably someone... Well, not only that, imagine the humiliation. No wonder why she dropped out of high school. It's really really hard because, like... It's so hard, because you're like, can you imagine being in that, and nobody can. No. And here's the thing, is is that everybody makes the best with what they got. The decisions that people make are not to hurt themselves, mm-hmm. it's to only better themselves. Now, whether or not those decisions hurt other people, it lies on that, but every decision a person makes is to, for the benefit of said person yeah no I absolutely I don't know it begs to have a lot of questions I feel like very torn only in the sense like as a woman as a mother and a victim of rape myself I feel like there has to be some truth in it there has to be you don't just make up these lies you don't unless you're a sick sadistic person I mean and she probably is very sick and sadistic she's probably very ill or was very ill is is that like if she was born into like a nice family and then she made all this shit up and then murdered people then I'd be like what a fucking bitch like you deserve that shit but I can't I can't sit here and talk about her and say that she deserved what she what meaning what her, her life was yeah no she definitely um, she definitely had the right to speed her process along which is where we're going she during her trial um she had been diagnosed as a psychopath with borderline personality disorder it was ruled sense. not strictly relevant to her crimes but it did present the bedrock instability that led warnos to go around the bend from her prison cell in 2001, she directly petitioned the court to ask for her sentence to be hurried along. 
Citing abusive and inhumane living conditions, Warner also claimed her body was attacked by a sonic weapon of some kind. Her court-ordered lawyer tried to argue she was irrational, but Warnos wouldn't go along with the defense. Not only did she confess again to the slayings, but she also sent this to the court as a document for record. Quote, quote, was it quote unquote? Yes. Um, quote, I am so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one serious, I'm one who seriously hates human life and will kill again. End quote. On June 6, 2002, Eileen Warnos got her wish. She was put to death at 9.47 p.m., during her last interview, she quoted saying, I'd just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with mm-hmm. Jesus, June 6th, like the movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back. Like a real psychopath. Off her rocker. She's fucking crazy, guys. But... She got what she, she was wanted. a product of her own circumstances. Here's the thing that I don't understand. Why didn't she think about killing herself? If she was so sick of the world that she lived in and she decided, like, why did she decide to take another human's life? Or even when she was in jail, how come she didn't decide to take her own life instead of wait for the death penalty? Being why did like she stick it out? I feel like the reason Maybe is, she is like, didn't st- like I feel following. like when you there's a difference because I feel like most serial killers don't want to kill themselves. They oh. don't have the thoughts to kill oneself. They're the selfish. They're they narcissistic. are, and so when you think about it, I mean, she's a psychopath. Is what she was diagnosed with, right? Yeah, she's a serial killer. She's not out here trying to kill prostitutes she's not killing truck drivers she's not she's got an mo these are people who are looking for said prostitutes they are very all similar they all have something similar with sexual rapists in their background they probably like fondling small children they are offenders of some sort i don't think all of them were offenders you don't think so? No, I really, I think, I know one of them was like a, I think one of them was a cop. I'm not sure. Well, one of them, I believe, was trying to help her, remember? Yes, I remember. And that death, one, that one in particular, she did struggle with because he did try to help her. And she shot him, I believe, what was it, five times in the I, chest? I think so, because that was the one where Tara was in on it. Mm-hmm. It was one of the ones that Tara was in on it. So, I mean, it's not to say that she doesn't have feelings, because obviously she really loved Tara, and she really, you know, felt I think she had remorse for, re- for that one. I'm yeah. not sure how... How she felt on the other ones. Yes. I feel like she... Almost like just she was... like Charlize Theron. I, I feel like that's exactly how she acted. Tell me why I feel like they look so much alike. Did you know that Charlize Theron is, like, the most beautiful fucking woman ever, and the makeup they did on her, holy shit, so good. 
all she like, had to do, what? literally all she had to do was put fake teeth in. Yep. Everything else was just like all her. I know. It was a, it was if you haven't watched it yet, guys, it's monster. I, yes, monster. Um it's really extremely graphic. I definitely recommend watching it with the lights on. And then playing some Barbie after Barney oh or like the Sesame Street after that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm like that for real traumatized. <laughs> I'm really curious if Sean lit up that. <laughs> I rolled him a joint before I left, and he sent me a Snapchat while we were recording. So I'm real curious if he's super baked right now. <laughs> oh my god! But lovely Caesar has picked out. Out of my book of highs, he picked out one way to alter your consciousness without drugs. And it is number 25, Mudra. Yes, I'm going off my path of negative techniques because why not? We're trying to get (laughs) rid of this negative energy that apparently freaking... Gemini and Jupiter wants to fucking throw at Let's us. Let's talk about it because I'm feeling real hyphy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Also, Mercury in retrograde is not doing anybody a favor. Just remember that. But Mudra number twenty-five hand positions for greater peace. Mudras are symbols, hand positions created by placing the hands and the fingers in certain prescribed ways that represent a variety of metaphysical states or conditions. They they were developed as expressions for Hindu and Buddhist ceremonies and are often used in religious iconography. Iconography? Iconography. Like photography, but like with icons and shit. Um, Mudras are used by priests at religious ceremonies. Under these circumstances, mudras have a highly specialized and ritualistic function, but they can be isolated from their religious settings and used for personal expression and creativity. So, whenever you're meditating, you always do the om. This is om. You know, it looks like this. You're one of those, huh? Dude, I refuse to look down. Oh my god. You will not get all me. nine of my children. Well, that's because they're boys. That. And the girls. Are you kidding me? All nine of my kids. That's what happens when you hey, grow up. Anna, I have a hole right here. What? I just bought those jeans. Ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you want to alter your consciousness, I would recommend looking up some mudras on either Pinterest or Googling it or um, follow your favorite spiritualist on Instagram or Twitter or some shit. Anyways, you can learn like these different mudras and different meditation positions to help you alter your consciousness without drugs. But Mandy usually closes the podcast with a quote. Ooh. So would you like to present a quote? A quote. Oh my god. Um let's see. A quote. And while she's looking up a quote, I'm gonna be sipping on my Mexican hot chocolate. 
So the quote of the day is, you don't choose your family. They are God's gift to you as you are to them. Desmond Tutu. Which is interesting, seeing as how we're all about rebirth right now. That is super true. Also, Thanksgiving just happened. And um, at Thanksgiving, I told one of the things that I was grateful for that I told the whole table was is that I'm grateful for the friends that I get to call family. Yes. Family is not always blood. Sometimes blood is not thicker than water. And I think at this point in time... You know what's thicker than water? Me. Lo- I'm, I'm thicker than water. All right, I can't <laughs> top that. <laughs> because, that. like, I'm Who's thick like a milkshake. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I'm sorry. That thick straw's not going to get me up there. <laughs> I'm going to need something super thick. Oh, my God. No pun intended. <laughs> And that is where we're going to leave today's episode. So leave a a like, comment, share with friends. Also, on anchor.com, we are accepting donate or not donations, but like if you want to. Yeah, so like if you want to support us, if you like what we're doing, you like what you see here, you like sharing it with your friends, um, you can always go to anchor.com and we have the support button now. So you can either do monthly 99 cents. $4.99 $4.99 or $9.99. Oh, exciting. So those are monthly things that come out. I just want to put that out there. We also still have our Patreon as well, too. Um, I'll probably still share that link as well. But other than that, I want to thank you guys for all of your support in making all of this possible. My name is Lisa. And I'm Anna. And we are signing out. Welcome to our side of the tracks. And here's your higher train of thought. Have a wonderful evening, guys. Bye.